We are Americans. We are pioneers. We are the pathfinders. We settled the new world. We built the modern world. And we change history forever by embracing the eternal truth that everyone is made equal by the hand of Almighty God. America is the place where anything can happen. America is the place where anyone can rise. And here, on this land, on this soil, on this continent, the most incredible dreams come true. This nation is our canvas, and this country is our masterpiece. We look at tomorrow and see unlimited frontiers just waiting to be explored. Our brightest discoveries are not yet known. Our most thrilling stories are not yet told. Our grandest journeys are not yet made. The American age, the American epic, the American adventure has only just begun. Our spirit is still young. The sun is still rising. God's grace is still shining. And my fellow Americans, the best is yet to come. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Thank you very much. An amazing end to an amazing speech. That was the president's speech of a lifetime last night. I, look, I got to tell you, we got a lot to get to today. Um, whew, my friends in Utah, I, I, I'm, I hear you. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Mitt Romney. I don't care. I really don't. I'll explain why in a second. Um, now we, the president gives the speech of a lifetime. He has framed what will be a referendum election choice election. Unlike any we have ever had in our lifetimes. And he framed it perfectly and his acquittal will happen in a little over an hour and it's over and the polls are through the roof. And I will tell you that it is you talk about somebody rising to the occasion. That is what we saw last night. That was it. I have been I started my journey in radio in what, 1987, if you can believe it, been on Fox News since what 1996 20 my 24th year now uh i've seen a lot of states of the unions by far not even close and reagan gave great speeches i'll tell you the best the best state of the union speech i have ever seen in my years of loving politics and you know you listen to that close that crescendo that end the artistry behind it the, the passion behind it, you can feel it, you hear it. The American people, we smelly Walmart, Trump-supporting shoppers and irredeemable deplorables and what about them lines and the map and everything? Yeah, those guys, and we believe in God and our Constitution, our Bible's religion. Yep, guilty, 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 guilty as charged. I'm guilty. Made me proud to be an American. Made me proud to be blessed that I live in the greatest single best country God has ever given man. I go back um, and we'll get to the rush moment. The, oh my gosh, the, when the president honored the Tuskegee airmen and great grandson during the State of the Union, you know, watching Democrats sit on their hands. They, they can't even applaud when the president announces a scholarship for a fourth grade student. I'm like, really? 
or when the president says, yeah, 72 percent of this this record job creation is women in the workplace. And I see a lot of women in white last night. And it, it was like a perfect pan. They went right from the president saying that and they just unmoved by all of it. Uh, although I wish I was a Saturday Night Live writer at this moment. I really do, because if I was, I mean, you could do the entire event on just the Nancy Pelosi mumbling weird show going on behind the president. It was bizarre, culminating in her tearing it up. But it, but that was a moment that also defined this moment we're now living in. We live in the greatest country God gave man. But I love the pioneers of radio, and I'll talk more about it later about Rush, but the Barry Farber, who I listened to for so many years, always said, you know, there's never been a country in the history of mankind that has accumulated more power, abused it less than the United States. And I add, there's never been a country in the history of mankind that has ever accumulated more power and used it to advance the entire human condition than the United States. That's freedom. That's America. That is the country we have been blessed to live in. This is the country we live in. This is the people that we are. The best, the most creative, you know, Americans work hard, play hard. That's That defines us. You know, we love freedom. We love fun. We like our music. We like our, but we, we love our families. We go to church on Sunday and, you know, get in trouble on Monday. And, you know, as the Florida Georgia Line song goes. It is a tale of two Americas, and this has been unfolding as this, you know, Schumer shift sham show is now concluding. Presidents in Davos, the envy of the world and, and the most sought after leader. The president is makes a historic trade deal. Nobody saw coming with China and he gets it done. And the president, then the president gets the the Mexico Canada deal done and the Japan deal done. Are we better off than we were four years ago? I keep saying it. Yeah, kind of by every measure. Look at the Soleimani, Iran, at the caliphate, Baghdadi, then energy independence, the border wall money allocated 100 miles up, 300 more by election day. Finally got it. And he had to do it in a backdoor way, but he did it. You know, same with we've never had a bigger cut in endless burdensome bureaucracy killing businesses. We've never had that before. And 8 million fewer Americans on food stamps. I mean, think about it. How great is that? Our fellow 8 million, nearly 8 million new jobs created. How great is that? You know, the president, when he started out last night, and I know him well, I've known him, you know, 20 some odd years, whatever it is. And he, I saw when he entered the chamber, he, I know him well enough. I could read him. I knew he was in the zone. I knew where this speech was going. I could just see it. And I ended up, Madam Speaker, Mr. Vice President, three years ago, we launched the Great American Comeback. I stand before you to share the incredible results. Isn't that what politicians are supposed to do? Serve we the people. Give us policies. You know, it's live up to our founding document. That we, this is divine providence, that we are, that we're one nation under God, that we're endowed by our creator. Rights come from God, not from governments. Jobs booming, income soaring, poverty plummeting, crime falling, confidence surging. You know, a country is thriving and respected again. 
not only respected, but we're also feared again. And by the way, that's a good thing. Our enemies on the run, our fortunes on the rise. America's future is blazing bright. The years of economic decay over. The days of the country being used and taken advantage of, scorned at by other nations over behind us. Gone are the broken promises of these phony politicians. Jobless recoveries, platitudes, excuses for the depletion of American wealth, power, prestige. In three short years, he says, we shattered the mentality of American decline, rejected the downsizing of America's destiny. And we're moving forward at a pace that was unimaginable a short time ago. We're not going back. Wow. What an open. What an open. And I know, I think I'm the only person on television that does this. Because, I mean, this is what was so powerful. And the ratings, by the way, ratings came in. Amazing. The number in the last 10 years, by far the second highest one ever. And he had the first one. And it was very close to beating his own record. Um, But reporting on the economy. You know, when you think of, I know when you hear statistics, you forget that, well, 8 million. But those are 8 million Americans. You talk about 8 million families. You talk about 8 million, the impact it has in on everybody's life. You know, when the president went into the statistics, I just sat there. Seven plus million new jobs, five million more than the experts projected from the previous administration. Unemployment rate lowest in half a century. You know, average unemployment rate under Donald Trump lower than any administration in the history of the country. You know, African-American unemployment rates, African-Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, record after record after record lows, the lowest level in history. African-American youth unemployment, all time low. Poverty, African-American poverty declined to the lowest rate ever recorded. The unemployment rate for women. I watched this moment. The lowest level in 70 years. And last year, women filled 72% of all jobs added. Wow. I didn't see the women in white in the chamber last night stand for that. Can we not agree that's a that's a good thing? Giving a kid a scholarship is a good thing? Is there, are there, I mean, killing a terrorist? Can we just admit that's a good thing, too? Veterans unemployment rate. Record low. Disabled Americans unemployment rate. Record all-time low. Workers without a high school diploma. Lowest unemployment rate ever recorded. Record number of young Americans employed. That was good for me growing up or else I would have been getting in trouble every day. You know, what, I, what, what, what did he inherit? 13 million more Americans on food stamps after eight years Obama-Biden. 13. 8 million more in poverty. Lowest labor participation rate since the 70s disaster worst recovery since the 40s you know and he's dropping 150 billion you know on a tarmac for the mullahs in iran that want us dead yeah that's a genius foreign policy you know the bottom half of wage earners they always oh it's only for the rich total bs it's increased by 47 percent. that's the bottom half of wage earners you want to know who's paying more the top 10 percent they're paying more uh, I, the, the Trump tax cut, because I don't get to deduct state taxes, I'm paying more money. But by the way, that, why should I get a, a tax deduction 
for living in a state that elects liberals that tax us into oblivion. When Florida and Texas, they don't get that tax break. I didn't deserve it. I'm saying I got to get smartened up. I got to move to one of these states. That's the other thing. Then the stock market, you know, household income, 401ks, jobs and investment, opportunity zones. Uh, you look at the new trade deals, criminal justice reform. Just run through it. It is. And what do you have? What do you compare it to? You know, Nancy Pelosi being extraordinarily weird and strange and then culminating in a ripping up the speech. What have the Democrats done in the last three years? Well, anything to keep us more safe and secure that you can think of? Ask yourself. Have they done anything to create jobs? Ask yourself. Have they done anything to make us more prosperous or more perfect union? No. What have we gotten? Rage. You know, sore loserism. A temper tantrum of Democrats, radical, extreme socialists, and their state-run TV mob friends in the media that hate us clearly based on all the things they say about us. In 272 days, you can shock the world again. You are the ultimate jury. It, I can't define this election and what it means more than what the president did last night and what we see going on, what we saw with Pelosi and what we've seen for three years. You want to reward them and then they're going to give you a new green deal, $94 trillion in 10 years? Good luck with that. $52 trillion Medicare for all? How did Obamacare work out for you? I have a lot of friends in Utah. I know you're angry. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I know probably some of you want me to, and I know, and I'll be honest, you have every right to be angry. Um, but I'm going to tell you why I don't feel anger towards Mitt Romney. And remember, I went all in for Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney would have been by far a better president than Barack Obama. He could have won that election. That was a winnable election. I could not believe they stood down in debates two and three, and I was flabbergasted. And I remember I couldn't believe it. I got to know him. I think his, his wife is an amazing person, his family, nice people. Mitt is a nice person in real life. Here's why I feel about Mitt Romney. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not doing this after I make these short comments. I have observed in the course of my life anyone that loses the presidency, they all think they're going to win. Then they kind of lose their minds and their way. It impacts them deeply. Exhibit A, Al Gore. Exhibit B, John McCain. Exhibit C, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Exhibit D, I would say now is Mitt Romney. You know, uh, his arguments were incoherent to me constitutionally. You know, even the many of the Republicans, Trump defeated in the primary. You know, John Kasich used to be a friend of mine. He's gone. Totally gone. I have no idea what happened to him. And this never Trumper, you know, they, they, if, if Donald Trump in the minds of some people, the left, the mob and never Trumpers cured cancer, they'd want to impeach him for that. That is the tale of two Americas. It's sad. It is unnecessary. To me, his arguments were incoherent. I wish him the best. We have a lot of work to do in 272 days. That's where I'm putting my focus. We are joined this evening by Carl and Marsha Mueller. After graduating from college, their beautiful daughter, Carla, became a humanitarian aid worker. 
She once wrote, some people find God in church. Some people find God in nature. Some people find God in love. I find God in suffering. I've known for some time what my life's work is, using my hands as tools to relieve suffering. In 2013, while caring for suffering civilians in Syria, Kayla was kidnapped, tortured, and enslaved by ISIS and kept as a prisoner of al-Baghdadi himself. After more than 500 horrifying days of captivity, al-Baghdadi murdered young, beautiful Kayla. She was just 26 years old. On the night that U.S. Special Forces operations ended al-Baghdadi's miserable life, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, received a call in the Situation Room. He was told that the brave men of the elite Special Forces team that so perfectly carried out the operation had given their mission a name, Task Force 814. It was a reference to a special day, August 14th, Kayla's birthday. Carl and Marcia, America's warriors, never forgot Kayla, and neither will we. Thank you. 25 to the top of there. So many moments like that last night. I mean, wow. Wow. I mean, honoring the Tuskegee Airmen and great-grandson during the State of the Union. Scholar, some Democrats, Nancy Pelosi doesn't even applaud for when the president announces a scholarship, an opportunity scholarship that the president announced that has become available and it is going to this young girl from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Her life is going to be better and it changes as of last night. And we saw the surprise with the military. And we saw the, the presentation of the Medal of Freedom to Rush. It meant a lot to me watching that. All those of us, it's a small family in radio. It was amazing. Uh, you know, somebody, I saw a tweet last night. I don't know who said it. You watch Nancy Pelosi tear up the speech. Uh, oh, there's no truth in it, she said later. And, and, and the per- somebody who wrote it, I, I couldn't do it any better. One of our last surviving Tuskegee Airmen. You tore that up. The survival of a child born at 21 weeks. That what we just heard the, you know, the morning of, of Kayla... Mueller and Rocky Jones, the morning families, a service member's reunion with his family. That's what she tore up. She, it is, it is the, it it's defines who this party now is. Radical, extreme, socialist, Democrats that have done nothing for three solid years except hate Donald Trump. If you can call in with the accomplishment that you want to tell us about, that's great. What have the Democrats done? In the last year of Obama, they supported a border wall. Last couple of years, second term. But when Trump proposes it, oh, this is a manufactured crisis. But they're playing politics with our safety and security. 90% of the heroin that's killing our children crosses that southern border. 
And they're playing politics with that. It is it, it is one of, if not the most classless act. I've seen a lot of State of the Unions over the years. I think this was by far the best I've ever seen. And I mean that in every way. It's the artistry of it, but more importantly, the results and the, the comparisons. It, is a, it, it defines the, the path that this country, the choice that this country will make in 272 days. You got their America. Do the math. 94 trillion new green deal uh, in 10 years. We only take in 4 trillion a year. 52 trillion Medicare for all. We only take in 4 trillion a year. Got to defend the country. And you saw the president tonight pushing an agenda of prosperity and liberty and freedom. American exceptionalism, security, safety, prosperity for this family of ours, our American family. What was a a uniquely American speech, proud to be an American, listening to it, happy for my fellow Americans benefiting from a government finally working for them, highlighting jobs, booming, poverty, lowering, respect around the world, all of that. The brave men and women that defend this country and killed Baghdadi and beat the caliphate and and got Soleimani. You know, it is that they were honored last night repeatedly and honored by the biggest military buildup which we needed since Ronald Reagan was president and in real dollars bigger. And you watch Nancy Pelosi. I mean, you want to talk about a Saturday Night Live skit? At one point, I literally, you know, so many people writing me, texting me, and I'm like, okay, I got to stop. And it was a distraction. I had to just finally say, I can't watch this anymore. And listen, and I had the copy of the speech in front of me highlighting the the things that I wanted to bring on the air. I knew I was coming on at 11 o'clock. Uh, and you know, they're living in this, this other alternative reality. I don't recognize, I don't recognize an America where you don't stand for a young woman getting a scholarship that's going to make her life better or killing a terrorist or talking about jobs for every demographic improving drastically or the lowest unemployment Numbers in half a century. I, I, you know, there's, I would think there's certain fundamental things that we might all agree on. But Nancy Pelosi showed us exactly what I've been pointing out for some time. There is this rage, this psychosis, this, this it, every second, every minute, every hour of every day, not to be a broken record, but you see it. You saw it last night with your own eyes. Why did you rip the speech up, Madam Speaker? Because it was the courteous thing to do, considering the Courteous thing. Yeah, there's no truth in it. Tell that to the Tuskegee Airmen. Tell that to the fourth grader who's going to have a better life. Thank God. You know, tell that to the, the families, the family of Kayla. You know, um, Jonathan Turley, I couldn't help notice that most popular column on the Hill website today is by Jonathan Turley. He's a Democrat, says openly, I never voted for Trump. Talked about Pelosi's conduct. 
While many will celebrate her trolling of the president, she tore up something far more important than a speech. Pelosi has shredded decades of tradition, decorum, civility that the nation could use now more than ever. And he writes, no such indignity was imposed on President Clinton during his own impeachment proceeding. Yet Pelosi proceeded to repeatedly shake her head, mouth words to others. By the way, it was weird. Visibly disagree with the address. It was like, you know, some distempered, distracting performance art behind the president. He said that so much more eloquently than I just did. Notably, she did not wait to rip up her copy of the speech until after she left the House floor and Pelosi wanted to do it at the end of the address in front of the cameras with the president in the chamber. The act was more important to Pelosi than preserving the tradition of her office. In doing so, she forfeited the right to occupy that office. If Pelosi cannot maintain the dignity and neutrality of her office at the State of the Union, she should resign as the Speaker of the House. It's fascinating because Steny Hoyer... You know, it's a never a good thing when, well, she's the speaker. He's number two, messes up this bad. But after this, you know, but, but this has been three years of a temper tantrum. This never ends. And Steny Hoyer, Hoyer makes an attempt at damage control and was pelted with questions. And he responded by saying, but, you know, it, it was a distraction and justified it by saying, well, the speech was divisive. It was not. The president didn't even mention impeachment. Newt Gingrich had very strong words for this, too called it he was disgusted and insulted and he was the speaker when clinton was being impeached if you remember he actually gave due process to clinton and his attorneys unlike you know pelosi and you know the shift show and and nadler and company he tweeted as a speaker of the house for four state of the unions by a president of the other party i'm disgusted and insulted by the viciously partisan action nancy pelosi tearing up the speech she isn't clever or cute. Her childishness insults our American tradition, traditions and should be censored. He's right. Another thing happened last night that nobody's really focusing on here. It's the American people were watching. The mob and the media. Let me tell you something. I'm looking at the ratings. Nobody watched them. Well, they, I mean, they watched the speech. Nobody watched their commentary after. The numbers that we had at 11 p.m. at night are historic in cable from 11 to 12. President's numbers, massive. People watching the speech. People saw it. People are instinctively fair and good, the American people. James Carville says he's so alarmed by the rise of Sanders, he's afraid the Democratic Party is becoming an ideological cult. I've been telling you about the Clinton faction, the you know supporters of Obama, they're all they're scared to death. Now, it's, what, now they're trying to cheat Bernie again. Nobody cared the last time. Senator Tim Scott, our friend from South Carolina, said that the president's key to re-election this November is the African-American vote. We went over the Zogby poll yesterday, 22 percent approval rating, 38 percent Hispanic Americans, significantly higher than in 2016. Why? Because he's bringing results. It's not that hard. And he said if he can get between 14 and 16% in 2020, it is, would be phenomenal game over. We're talking about somebody, Senator Scott, saying who's producing amazing results for African Americans. He's actually in the middle of one of the best runs a president has had in my lifetime. Van Jones. Wasn't he the guy that said this is a, a white lash? Didn't he say something like that on fake news CNN the night Trump won? 
This is what he said. This is pretty interesting to me. He said the president's State of the Union address should serve as a big wake-up call for Democrats because it showed that President Trump is clearly courting black voters. What he was saying to African-Americans last night can be effective. You may not like it, but he mentioned historically black colleges, for example, and that have been struggling for a long time. A bunch of them have gone under. He threw a lifeline to them in a real in real life in his budget. He talked about it. He talked about criminal justice reform. He did it. He talked about opportunity zones. He did that, too. He right. He said that's a warning shot across the bow to Democrats. He's going after every African-American vote in this country, not just suburban votes. He's going after black votes, quote unquote. Oh, and by the way, new numbers in CNBC job market kicked off 2020 in grand fashion. Two hundred and ninety one thousand in private payroll uh, jobs for the best monthly gain since May of 2015, according to a report by ADP and Moody Analytics. The president has the highest economic approval rating of any president in the last 20 years. I mean, and Politico has a piece out. Finally, Joe Biden, this is, this is what, you know, the Mitt Romney thing, I'm like, he exonerates Hunter and Joe. Quid pro quo Joe and zero experience Hunter. All right, Mitt, whatever. But anyway, Politico, Biden's no longer denying his surprisingly weak performance in Iowa. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We got a gut punch in Iowa, Biden said, before cracking a joke about Iowa's botched caucuses. The whole process took a gut punch. But look, this isn't the first time in my life I've been knocked down. Well, coming in fourth, nearly fifth, is not good. You know, there was a piece, where did I see this? Washington Post, even. A five-alarm fire has begun. Caucus glitch has emboldened Trump and fueling Democratic anxiety. This, we've been witnessing a three-year temper tantrum. What are they missing here? Okay, I guess Pete Buttigieg is now the front runner. Him and Bernie. Iowans didn't care about Biden's electability, by the way. And James Carville, I think, is right, sounding the alarm for the whole Democratic Party. It has now shaken the establishment. Now they want to cheat him again. Wow, I can't believe it. By the way, this is all of their own doing. There's a great piece in the New York Post today about that. It's been the last three years, Democrats, you know, talking about election security. Last four months, screaming about the risk that the president will interfere with the 2020 election results. You know, you even had, you know, the shift show guy saying, what if he what if he decides to give Alaska to the Russians so they help us? I mean, that's how nuts they all are. Yet they can't get it together to prevent their own vote in the first 2020 primary caucus in Iowa. They have only themselves to blame. You want to give them $94 trillion for a new Green Deal and give them even more power over health care with Medicare for all? I don't. That's a bad idea. Bad for the country. I'm telling you, this is your election. You own this. You're the ultimate jury. I can't do it. I defer to the American people. And you can shock the world again in 272 days. I hope you do. All right, as we speak, the acquittal of the president is ongoing. I'm not giving Romney the attention. I do feel sorry for my friends in Utah. I've been texting with my buddy Rod Arquette. Love Rod Arquette out there. He's a great guy. 
Um, and I know my friends in Utah are disappointed. I just, I'm not, I, I, I if anything, it, it, the arguments he, Mitt Romney literally exonerated quid and pro and quo Joe and zero experience Hunter. Now we've gone over chapter and verse on this program, all the applicable laws uh, as it relates to zero experience Hunter and whopping 84 grand a month and average family of four less than 54,000 a year. And what vice president would ever, you know, leverage a billion of our tax dollars. You're not getting it unless you fired the prosecutor investigating my zero experience son being paid millions. Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. Let me read this. It is illegal for a U.S. person to coerce. You're not getting the billion unless you fire the prosecutor or influence through bribery or extortion. Billion dollars. If you fire him, you get the you get the billion. A foreign nation into taking actions that might financially benefit that person, his family, <coughs> hunter, or business. Oh, what about bribery? U.S. Uh, 18 U.S.C. Uh, 201C. Whoever corruptly gives, offers, promises anything of value to a public official to influence an official act is guilty of bribery. You're not getting the billion unless you fire the prosecutor, pay my zero experience son millions and millions. And the Gratuities Act and the Hobbs Act. So, I don't, you know, it's, it's like Mitt Romney's incoherent. Okay, Mitt, I know you lost. You can't get over it. You're bitter. Uh, and um, that's, that's where that's, that is it in a nutshell. Everybody, modern age, lost the presidency. They end up losing their mind. Same thing happened. Very angry John McCain. Very angry Hillary Clinton. Very bizarre and angry Al Gore. Uh, anyway, that vote is going on now, but it will be what it's going to be. Um, probably, if I guess I had to guess, you know, 50-50 somewhere in there. It doesn't matter. You needed 67 votes to impeach the president, convict the president, um, and by the way, we have new numbers. Yep, 291,000 private payroll jobs added according to ADP and Moody Analytics. This information out today to add to all of the economic success that the president listed on and on and on in what I thought was the best State of the Union speech I've ever seen. Um, anyway, we have uh, the president with the highest economic approval rating of any president in the last 20 years. We've talked about eight polls showing dramatic growth for the president with African-Americans even hitting 34 and a half percent, 34 percent, 33 percent. Yesterday, John Zogby had the president support with African-Americans at 22 percent. These are real numbers, no longer outliers. He only had eight percent of the African-American vote in 2016. And with Hispanic Americans nearing now 40% approval rating, also up significantly. His best Gallup numbers ever, a record for Donald Trump, and yes, even better than Obama and George Bush at this time, 43 uh, and 42. Anyway, consumer confidence is surging. We have Barron's. Look at this. U.S. consumer confidence, a strong gain in January, bolstered by continued strength in the job market. Well, wait till the energy jobs start kicking in. Wait till the $220 billion now in the deal with China alone for farmers and service industry people and those that work in the car industry, manufacturers, and the energy sector, I said, as, and, and other manufacturing jobs that are coming back as a result of that. Just one deal. And we have the new deal. Looks like Mexico is going to pay a lot more money. We could use that money for the wall. Same with Canada, Japan, our Western European allies. 
ending burdensome regulation. Obama said those jobs are never coming back. They're back. Anyway, the highest economic approval rating of any president in the last 20 years, Gallup, 63% of the public backs the president's handling of the economy. That is a six-point increase from November. ABC Washington Post poll last week announcing Trump receiving strong support also on his economic record. Confidence in the economy remains at one of its highest points now in decades as we continue to add jobs and prosperity for we the people. Every demographic impacted in a positive way. Joining us are pollsters for this election year 2020, 272 days. You are the ultimate jury. And in 272 days, you get to shock the world again. Uh, Matt Towery is with us. Also, John McLaughlin. Uh, I, you know, how you how did by the way, welcome back, guys. Matt, you did a poll about Mitt Romney in Utah, and it was a disaster before this decision. Yeah, we, we never even asked the question, what if he voted not to acquit? Well, we did, actually. We said if he voted not to acquit, I think it was 60-something percent wanted him to vote to acquit. And I think a large majority said they would consider someone else to be the nominee. I, I think that he is, unless the future, there's a twist that we don't know about. I think Mitt Romney is toast in, in Utah. I don't think he'll get his party's nomination the next time. I don't think so either. By the way, Jason Chaffetz, your state calls you. Um John McLaughlin, look at these economic numbers. I mean, as the president was reading every single number, it was really funny because I um, my uh, sweet baby, James, you know, who finds stuff all over the Internet. He finds this this piece on the on the Democrats and literally the uh, the Hollywood elitists out there and they're losing their mind. I mean, Bette Midler, poor Bette. I had a Twitter war with her when I used to tweet before they took it away a couple of years ago from me. Where does he get his stats from? He lies so much. Why should we believe him tonight or ever? He threw people off of food stamps. He didn't lift people off of welfare. They just make it up. You know, John Cusack, the, the horror is the point. The cruelty is the feature. You know, lauding himself for kicking 7 million people off of food stamps. Uh, hello, Hollywood. Those are called jobs. The eight million jobs associated with that that success. And you don't define compassion by, you know, feeding people a fish every day in the crumbs from your elitist table. But anyway, I sorry, John McLaughlin. <laughs> well, you you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, the vast majority of Americans say the economy's growing. And in the twenty sixteen race, I remember discussing with the president why he was gonna win and why we would bring out millions of new voters, which you had a record in twenty sixteen was because I said, you are their blue-collar billionaire. There were people across the heartland of America in the Sun Belt and the Rust Belt that, you know, are one paycheck away from disaster. But at the time, they were worried about losing their jobs, not getting pay raises. And for that emergency, what would happen? Now they feel secure in their jobs. They see help wanted ads. They tell us in focus groups that they're getting pay raises. Now, they don't see it booming, but they see it growing. But the president last night labeled it correctly as the blue-collar boom. So it's the heartland of America. And the, from the bottom up, people know that things are going in the right direction, which is why right now in the deranged Democrat primary, after their collapse of the Iowa caucuses, the Democrat establishment is, is panicking that a socialist is going to lead their ticket because Trump has dominated the economic issues and the growth issues in the United States so well that the Democrats have no place to go but literally to a socialist.
Matt Towery, I keep talking about two Americas, and it was on display throughout this entire Schumer Schiff-Sham show, uh, ending now in acquittal of the president of the United States, rightly so. And I, I'm, I just, I'm sick of talking about it and hearing any, any of them talk about it anymore. It's like ridiculous. And so now we have Nancy culminating a three-year temper tantrum. I can't name a single thing Democrats have done to make us more safe or secure more prosperous to help create one job culminating in a three-year witch hunt conspiracy theories lies smears slander besmirchment etc and then nancy pelosi tears up the speech the tears up the speech that also honored the tuskegee uh, airmen and honored uh, the, i couldn't believe she didn't democrats wouldn't stand a, a young woman is given a scholarship how cool was that uh, we don't stand for that. We don't stand when we talk about we killed terrorists that killed this young woman, Kayla, that the president talked about last night. Amazing. Tale of two Americas. Well, Sean, this may be the week that destroys the Democratic Party in this election cycle. If you think about it, in this week, you're going to have the president acquitted today. You had a State of the Union address last night that was just abysmal. I, I, I was going back and forth with our friend Newt Gingrich and I told him, I said, you should give lessons to Nancy Pelosi about how to behave when you have someone from the other party. Who By the way, the president, the enough votes have been given that acquit the president now. And then it's just the final tally, which will be 50-50. Go ahead, Matt. So, so anyway, just to, to exactly to, to our point, you had the Iowa caucus where I don't think we still have the full number as to who won. That was a complete debacle. So everything that's happened this week, the Iowa caucus and the shambles it's in, the uh, State of the Union address last night that I think is going to be a pivotal moment in the history of, of the Trump administration. I think it's going to lead to his reelection. It brings a culmination of it together. All of this coming together with him being acquitted today and his approval rating being the highest it's been since he was sworn in. This is not good for the Democrats. And it was a magnificent week for President Trump. Same question, John McLaughlin. Absolutely. I agree with Matt. And by the way, he, he's, you know, like you said, he's acquitted. But, but I tell you what, the Democrats, the big impeachment backfire. When they started this in September, it was to take the president down. And what they did was, guess who they took down? The Democratic Party's frontrunner, Joe Biden. Joe Biden plays fourth in Iowa, will have no delegates. He will lose New Hampshire. He'll be out of the race within a week or two at the most, if not on Wednesday morning. And the Democrat establishment is in a panic right now. I mean, they're going to end up going to Mike Bloomberg because he's the only one they can get. I mean, by the way, Washington Post, John, Democrat five alarm fire has begun. Caucus glitch emboldened Trump fueled Democratic anxiety. And and they're trying to cheat Bernie again, which is making me laugh, except it's pathetic. It's happening in America. But this is what Matt and you and I spoke about in previous conversations about following the polls. There is a socialist primary going on inside the Democrat Party between Warren and Sanders, and Sanders is about to win it. There's a moderate primary that Biden was in with Klobuchar and Buttigieg. Buttigieg is about to win that one, and although uh, Bloomberg's going to try to come in and take that from him. But you know what? They're going so far left that we're going to run really hard in the Trump campaign, and we're going to run every day because you said it's 272 days. The election's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's, it's all the way in November. All right, final vote in 52-48. Not guilty. It's over. 
The Schumer Schiff sham <laughs> three-year culminating temper tantrum with this vote and Nancy Pelosi ripping up the speech last night. Now you, the American people, it now rests in your hands. You're the ultimate jury in 272 days. Article of impeachment, 48 senators have pronounced Donald John Trump, president of the United States, guilty as charged. 52 senators have pronounced him not guilty as charged. Two-thirds of the senators present not having pronounced him guilty. The Senate adjudges that the respondent, Donald John Trump, president of the United States, is not guilty as charged in the first article of impeachment. On the second one going on now, I would assume you might see more than 5248. Remember, you needed 67. The total, this, this has been a three-year temper tantrum, never ending, culminating last night with Nancy Pelosi. All right, our, our pollsters, John McLaughlin, Matt Towery. Let's handicap John Judge and Bloomberg. Bloomberg, who <laughs> wants to take away our guns in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and elsewhere. Good luck with that. Right. Well, well, that that's what the Democrat Party wants to do. So inside that primary, that actually helps him. But the reality of this is, Judge, if he scores as well as he did in New Hampshire, as he did in Iowa, he's going to take a lot of moderate votes that Bloomberg needs because the socialist votes are about to go to Bernie. And Bernie, he won New Hampshire before. He's going to do very well in New Hampshire on Tuesday. And and if he comes out of New Hampshire with a head of steam, he'll win Nevada. He's also moving up in South Carolina. He wins South Carolina. There's no way Bloomberg can stop him on March 3rd. So, uh, uh, what is California, your take, Matt Towery, though? Matt. Well, well, you know, guys, on Monday, I think I told you guys, I was getting a strange feeling that he might win or do well there because with Biden slipping under 15% in a lot of those caucuses, people had to choose another one, and they chose Mayor Pete. I agree with John. I think Mayor Pete has an opportunity to keep the ball rolling if he does well in New Hampshire. South Carolina is going to be a challenge for him, but if, if, but if Bloomberg can't cut into some of these early primaries and caucuses, if he can't do that, he's going to have a hard time picking up uh, after Super Tuesday and winning this thing. So I, I think it's going to be a forced play if Bloomberg gets the nomination. Now, I think Mayor Pete may be on his way to being the Jimmy Carter of our time. Again, another small, small can, can he be, small Can he beat Trump? Time. In your view, absolutely not. Absolutely not. He can't do it. John, by the way, what think about the irony of this is the three term mayor of New York City is about to lose to a formalist socialist mayor of Burlington, Vermont, or the mayor, former mayor of South Bend, Indiana. I mean, it is not. By the way, who was a hor- we're talking about a horrible mayor. I mean, and Bloomberg was like a caretaker mayor, and there's nobody more dull and has more. Ex- he wants to actually tell us, you know, how much how much soda we can drink. I'm going to tell you. Uh, thank you, John. Thank you, Matt. When we come back, why this is sad on the one hand and on the other, and why Mitt Romney is a diminished figure today. is what's right with america you're listening to the sean hannity show in this article of impeachment 48 senators have pronounced donald john trump president of the united states guilty as charged 52 senators have pronounced him not guilty as charged two-thirds of the senators present not having pronounced him guilty 
The Senate adjudges that the respondent, Donald John Trump, President of the United States, is not guilty as charged in the first article of impeachment. On this article of impeachment, 47 senators have pronounced Donald John Trump, President of the United States, guilty as charged. 53 senators have pronounced him not guilty as charged. Two-thirds of the senators present not having pronounced him guilty, the Senate adjudges that respondent Donald John Trump, President of the United States, is not guilty as charged in the second article of impeachment. Uh, that would be game over. The schumer Shifsham show is over. And, you know, I, I just, I'm so tired of it and hearing them all today. I just didn't even want to hear one more word from anybody because I'm just sick of all these people. I think they are small. I think that they are irrational. I think they're full of rage, hatred, bitterness, and the comparison that we now have as a country and and culminating in the ripping up of the speech last night. It has been three years of a a a never ending Democrat slash state TV lying media mob temper tantrum, not accepting the results of we the people, we smelly Walmart Trump supporters guilty as charged. Or, well, you know, them lines and the maps and stuff, and they know it was the Ukraine and sipping lattes, and that was fake news CNN. Or that irredeemable deplorables or bitter Americans that cling to God, cling to their Constitution and their Second Amendment rights and their Bibles and religion. That, that very revealing moments to me. You know, I said I'm not going to talk a lot about Mitt Romney. I, I will tell you. It is sad because in many ways he voted, he split his vote. He was the only one to change votes on the, he voted, he voted not guilty on the second article, guilty on the first article. And he is a, to me, a diminished figure. Petty, small, insignificant. And is, you know, when he, he goes out and gives this statement today, exonerating quid pro quo Joe and zero experience Hunter. I'm, I'm like, you're incoherent. And it's what I have said. I have noticed my whole life people lose elections. They lose their minds. Gore, McCain, Hillary, and sadly, Mitt Romney. I like Mitt. But he, you know, he's, I, I think he could not accept he lost the presidency. And as I look at this, there's a part of me that is like, this is you know, three never-ending long years of Democrats, the media mob, lying, uh, taking on what is breathtaking hypocrisy, you know, lying conspiracy theories, a hoax, you know, a sham. Look at the, the lack of due process. Look at look at the race to impeach the urgency so we can go on vacation and then hold it back and demand that the Senate do it our way because we were too we didn't want to wait. Oh, John Bolton is probably going to say that the president said, I'm not going to give him a penny unless unless Ukraine does this, this and this. Okay, maybe the president said it It won't matter because he never did it. The four facts never change. They never they never announced anything, never said anything. And they said they never felt the pressure. There's nothing, you know, we can't now vent. It is, and you look at, you know, 
the comparison here, this will define now this election for the next 272 days. That's why I keep reminding, and I will count it down every day. I'll remind you of the record of Biden-Obama. Because what this group of Democrats want to do is far worse. $92 trillion. Wow. In 10 years for a new green deal with no oil or gas. Okay. No internal combustion engine. Okay. Uh, Everything is free. Free. I'll promise you everything. Almost sounds like they're trying to bribe American voters. Like a quid pro quo. You'll get free education, free health care, free this, free that, free everything's free. You never have to take care of a thing. Well, how did Obamacare work out? We're now on average paying 200% more. Millions lost their doctors. Uh, for almost 40%, 37% of Americans now have one Obamacare exchange option. That's it. We were promised we we're going to save on average per family $2,500 a year. Nope, 200% more on average. It's sad. And then I look at the president last night. I, I thought the best State of the Union address I've ever seen. And he's all of the president's accomplishments have, you know, ha, all have happened with this, you know, constant, you know, all, intense, insane distraction after distract Trump, Russia, Russia, Trump, Trump, Russia, four separate investigations. No Trump, Russia collusion. The amazing thing about it is everything boomerangs because the only one, well, two instances of Russia collusion. Hillary's dirty, bought and paid for Russian dossier leaked to the media like hacks like Korn and Isakov, conspiracy theorists that they are. Yeah, that was that was and then becomes premeditated fraud because they were all warned. Don't use it. Then they use it as the basis of a FISA application. They deny the rights of one Carter page his constitutional rights, civil liberties. So they can spy on a presidential candidate, Donald Trump, his transition team, and deep into his presidency. And the spying that was outsourced abroad that we'll learn about. At least now, we're everything now validated. Then, of course, we have the, you know, what? We were told originally six countries. How many countries hacked into Hillary's email with top secret classified information in it, which is illegal and a violation of the Espionage Act? Or they, they the obsession with Trump obstructed, obstructed, obstructed. No, he didn't. Rod Rosenstein, attorney general, said, nope, didn't do it. Even the Mueller report didn't give them what they wanted, so they just make up this Ukraine thing. But a boomerang's back. The other person, the Russia collusion is Schiff, compromised in this Ukraine situation. You can't make this up. You know, tell me about it. What do you got? Uh, compromised in material, Donald Trump. What's the nature of the compromise? Pix is a naked Trump. Naked Trump. <gasps> Does Vladimir know? Uh, yeah, but of course, Vladimir no naked pictures of Trump uh, compromising material. On tape. Why? Colluding with Russians to get dirt on Trump. Ukraine, the January 11, 2017, Politico, investigative report. DNC operative Alexander Chalupa goes to Ukrainian embassy for the purpose of colluding with Ukraine to dig up dirt on Donald Trump. And Politico concludes they were successful. Donald Trump. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Can you, you know, we've been dealing with three years of this election interference stuff. Can you get to it? You know, look at the boomerang on Russia. Look at the boomerang on Mueller. Look at the boomerang on Hillary. Look at the boomerang on the Bidens. You're not getting the billion. You're not. 
unless you fire a prosecutor that's investigating my zero experience son being paid millions. Millions. We've identified the laws. We've gone over them in, in great detail on this program. You've mentioned them a little bit in the last hour. This is who they are. They can't help themselves. And in 272 days, if you shock the world again, I guess they'll want to impeach him another 400 times. I don't know. But as I, you, you compare and you contrast how small and diminished they are, how petty they are, how irrational they are, the rage that they hold, the hatred that they have, the bitterness, they're, they're, they're just, they're small people. They're sore losers. It's a temper tantrum that never ended, culminating with Nancy last night. I mean, it, this is now a tipping point for this country in 272 days. That's why you being the ultimate jury matters in 272 days. And you can go to Hannity.com, all election information. When do you register? When's the deadline? What about early voting in your state? What about absentee? We put it up there. What congressional district do you live in? Blah, blah, blah. Just information. Oh, wait, do you see the video? Oh, my gosh, this ad by well, who put that ad out? It's our lead story on Hannity.com. Yeah, it's uh, Senate Republicans. Oh, wait till I show this on Hannity. Tonight. You're going to love it. But now you look at this diminished three-year temper tantrum. I think they have embarrassed themselves on a, on a level that is spectacular. And you compare it to what I, I've been in this business now starting in 31 years ago. 24 years at Fox. I've survived. I don't know how. Thank, th- I guess th- I know how. Thanks to you for listening to this show. Thanks to you for watching Hannity. I mean, 11 o'clock last night. I mean, we had over 6 million viewers. CNN, MSNBC, that's three times their highest number all night. Last night. It's, imbe- it's unbelievable. I mean, in prime time, it's crazy. Thank you for that, because you give me this microphone. You give me that camera. We honor it. We were vindicated as they were pushing their conspiracy theories, their hoaxes, as they were smearing and slandering and besmirching. We got to the truth. We worked hard to do it right. The president last night goes through just just. All right. We know his foreign policy success. I mean, Soleimani dead. Baghdadi dead. The caliphate wiped out. We're no long protracted wars. Another promise made kept. Trade deals, China 220 to help farmers and manufacturers and energy and service sectors and car industry. Also with Canada, Mexico. Mexico's paying more. I guess we could use that money for the wall. Years of economic decay are over. Just today, 291,000 new jobs. Wow. You think we'd be happy. They can't even stand when a young woman is given a scholarship and a better life. Thank God. Or when, you know, all the jobs for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment. I mean, there's never been in three years, you know, America's, you know, as he said, rejecting the downsizing of our destiny. Years of economic decay are over. Killing job-killing regulations, enacting historic tax cuts as promised. Conservative justices, building the wall. He finally got the money that way. I went out on a limb like I always do, and I said he's going to govern as a conservative. Ah. Mitt Romney's of the world, the never-Trumpers never believe me. 
I, I love some in my industry now that act like they were on board. <laughs> this is a joke. Unemployment rate, the lowest in half a century. We're now moving towards 8 million new jobs. 8 million, 8 million fewer people on food stamps. These Hollywood idiots, he's bragging about kicking people off of food stamps. No, they got jobs. They're doing better. What did Biden Obama give us? 13 million more Americans on food stamps. 8 million more in poverty. You don't think this election matters? This, def- this, this will define us. This is America on the brink. As the president's acquitted today. You know, you can't stand when the president announces the lowest level of, of unemployment for women in the workplace. 72% of all new jobs added for women. African-American poverty declined to the lowest rate ever recorded. Disabled Americans, unemployment rate for them, the lowest ever, all-time low. Workers without a high school diploma, lowest unemployment rate ever recorded in history. Youth unemployment, right, record number of, of young Americans working. This is, this is an amazing renaissance for us. They can't stand for any of that. They can't handle it. And then what do they want? We're supposed to give them power back? What? They did horribly the last eight years they had it. Everyone's 401k is doing well. Thank God. I'm not a big believer in the stock market. So I think, but it's working better than the better than what happened in the last eight years. I don't know what else to say. I see small, diminished, petty, insignificant, incoherent arguments and and people that are bitter, irrational, and full of hatred. And I hate to tell them, Donald Trump won again. I'm not sick of winning. I like Americans doing well. I like my country doing well. I like feeling good about my country. I want every American, everyone in our family to do well. One American family. One glorious nation under God, as the president says in his speeches, his rallies. Make America great again, strong again. Said last night, the best is yet to come. Look at the the moments last night with Rush and the Tuskegee Airmen and uh, the the family of Kayla. When they mentioned that whole story, blew me away. One of our heroes coming home reunited right there in Washington last night. Pretty amazing. This is your election now. You're the ultimate jury now. This is your tipping point, our tipping point. This is our crossroads. Frankly, it's America on the brink. I shudder to think what happens if any of these radical extreme socialists win. I really do. We are advancing with unbridled optimism and lifting our citizens of every race, color, religion, and creed very, very high. Since my election, we have created 7 million new jobs, 5 million more than government experts projected during the previous administration. The unemployment rate is the lowest in over half a century. And very incredibly, the average unemployment rate under my administration is lower than any administration in the history of our country. 
If we hadn't reversed the failed economic policies of the previous administration, the world would not now be witnessing this great economic success. The unemployment rate for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, and Asian Americans has reached the lowest levels in history. African American youth unemployment has reached an all-time low. African American poverty has declined to the lowest rate ever recorded. The unemployment rate for women reached the lowest level in almost 70 years, and last year women filled 72% of all new jobs added. The veterans' unemployment rate dropped to a record low. The unemployment rate for disabled Americans has reached an all-time low. If you hear Leonard Skinner, that means only one thing. He's a very simple man who's very complicated. Uh, All things BillOReilly.com. Well, Bill, three-year temper tantrum. Trump, by the way, I'm not sick of winning. Uh, He wins again. uh, Acquitted. Vindicated, I would argue. And I see a very diminished, shallow, small, petty, insignificant, incoherent, Democratic Party, and this is all they've done for three years. What do you, what say Mr. O'Reilly, the simple man? Well, number one, I don't think the Democrats are going to get your vote, Hannity. So they can cross <laughs> that out. All right, so that's, that's where we'll begin. That's um, simple enough. All right, touche, yeah. Mr. O'Reilly. Okay, so best speech ever by Donald Trump. Amen. And I've heard most of them. Um, the reason... He was precise and authoritative, and that's what gets through to the American people, that you state your case very clearly, and you do it with authority. So that's why I believe that last night's speech was the best. And then he orchestrated it, along with Stephen Miller, who I think is a genius. He, He writes a lot of the president's speeches, but Mr. Trump does take his pen and contribute, just like Ronald Reagan did. Um, and the By the way, that, that is good. an absolute fact. Yes. I, Everything I tell you, Hannity, is a fact. You can never, <laughs> ever uh, waver from that. Um, uh, you know, I'm just going to let you go, Bill. You just keep going. Yeah, You're on a roll. I mean, we got a lot to cover here. Um, so the speech was uh, very, very effective for him. And you could tell that by the tantrum that Nancy Pelosi threw. So I'm not saying this as a partisan. I mean, I'm saying this as an American. So I'm watching this thing, and there she is in her little white outfit honoring this suffrage of women, which I believe happened in 1919 or something. But, you know, it's okay. Let's, we'll honor it. Um, and then she's making the usual faces with the tongue on the teeth. Okay, well, I've seen that three times before. But then she rips up the speech afterward. Now, that's disrespectful to the whole process, not just Donald Trump. Now, she's got a little excuse that she tried to shake the president's hand when he came in. He didn't want to. And I understand why he didn't want to. I mean, it's personal. Uh, and he didn't shake Pence's hand either because he didn't want to draw attention to the handshake. 
Um, but by ripping up the speech... Well, but remember, she didn't introduce him. It is my distinct honor, privilege, and pleasure, yeah, she, blah, blah, you blah. Know, she, right, she skipped that. Um, but what did Nancy Pelosi accomplish? So it looked like she was a child. That's what kids do when they don't like something. And she didn't like the speech because she knew it was effective. She knew that all the guests and all the things that the audience of 35 million saw were moving, that they meant something. And that's why she ripped up her speech. So if you look at it from an objective viewpoint, the president won big in the sense that he advanced his re-election chances dramatically. And you know that by the stock market today, up about 500 points after this nutty impeachment thing is gone. So where do you want to go from here? You know, look, there's a part of me is like, this is sad. What they've done to the country. Bill, you're a smart guy. You're a simple man. And I, I want you to look at it from this way. Can, can you name a single thing Democrats have done to make us more safe or secure, create a job and make us more prosperous in the three years since Donald Trump's been president? What have they done? The only thing the Democrats have done is they allied with uh, Donald Trump to pass the Prison Reform Act. And it's a good act, although... And Trump uh, you know, led the... And to be honest, though, Trump led the entire way, and it started with Alice Marie Johnson, who was on this radio show yesterday. Yeah, it started with Kanye West. Kanye's probably jumping yeah, up and Yeah, and, and Kim Kardashian, both yeah, of them. I mean, give them credit. But, no, the Democrats are not in a position to really do anything, and here's why. It's not that they don't like America and they don't want to help the folks. It's that they're a divided party. They, half of the Democrats understand the lunacy of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And guys like John Podesta, Ron Emanuel, establishment Democrats, they know this is crazy. But here's the problem. Bill, we'll slow down. The party. I will right. argue this point, at least the Democrats elected. Maybe maybe you definitely have these factions like the, the uh, Barack Obama's faction of the Democratic Party and the Clinton faction of the Democratic Party. Yeah, they're they're scared to death. I mean, it's like a five alarm fire was the headline as <laughs> a five alarm fire has begun. Caucus glitch emboldened Trump fueling Democratic anxiety, which they have about Bernie and they're trying to cheat Bernie again, Bill. But. Every Democrat, with the exception of, what, one or two in the House, and every Democrat in the Senate, they're going along with this. Every they're candidate supporting the new Green Deal and Medicare for all. Because Schumer and Pelosi threatened them, just as Mitch McConnell threatens the Republicans. And this is unhealthy in both parties. They threaten them. They say, look, look, here's the best example. Mitt Romney's through. All right, he's done. Now, he can represent Utah until the next election when they'll vote him out. But he is done as an influencer in the Republican Party. He's finished. You know what I said, Bill? He's diminished. He's well, small and insignificant. That, and he was incoherent. He actually exonerated quid pro quo Joe and zero experience Hunter in that speech today. Look, Romney despises Donald Trump because Trump put the loser label on Romney. It's personal. But where Romney made his mistake was... He said, well, my conscience dictates I have to vote for um, removal. That's not what you're there to do. You're a senator for your state. 
you're representing your state. And in any criminal proceeding, this was not a criminal proceeding, but the verdict came down. You don't vote on your conscience. You vote on evidence. All right? You may think somebody's guilty. Your conscience says somebody's guilty, but you don't convict them. All right. Let me advance the ball. on evidence. Go ahead. 272 days, the ultimate jury, I call it. The American people weigh in. And I would like, I, look, I can't tell you how it ends. I would like to think that the, uh, the president's promises kept and what he's done in foreign policy and the economy, all that he listed last night defines the election, because if it does, he wins by a landslide. But 272 days, the American people will decide and they can shock the world again, Bill. What do you see in 272 days? I, I mean, London's well, got it'll shock the establishment. Five. You know, I think everybody uh, who really pays attention knows that Donald Trump is now the sharp favorite to win because of the economy and because he's becoming more presidential. Now, I don't know why that is, um, but he's becoming more in control of the office. Yeah, he still tweets, he, and he calls Mini Mike, and he wants to have a box that he stands on. Yeah, we got all that. <laughs> but that's just entertainment. See, Trump always, uh, you know, in your interview with him, it was very entertaining on Super Bowl Sunday. And, and he always blends that with his By the way, I, I was up like 30-whatever percent from the year before, but I didn't beat your record. It's so annoying. Well, my record is pretty strong, 17.3 for my uh, life. It's so annoying. You're st- right, you, you can't help yourself. I was giving you a compliment. You just have to rub it in. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm not rubbing it. I'm just giving it stat. Um, but it's a different age now. It's a different time now. So it's not, you know, there's an asterisk next to me. Well, I was on I was on steroids when I did the interview. That's, so there's a little that's, asterisk that's pretty funny. Right, let me ask this. Yeah. Because I, you saw the ratings from last night. Yes. You know, I've said you're a savant on ratings, and I mean that in the best way, like somebody that just has a special gift. Thank you. And, I, and, and at 11 o'clock at night, you saw my ratings last night. You saw well, the you numbers for the president why, last Anna? night. Do you want to know why you're doing I so do. well? Okay. I, I'm trying number hard. One, number one, Trump haters did not watch the speech last night. You saw the ratings for MSNBC and CNN were abysmal. All right. Awful. So Trump haters stayed away. They didn't watch it. They watched Ellen giving away Cadillacs or whatever she's doing. Um, But the Trump people, the people who support the president, you are now the go to program. So of all the programs on network and cable television that deal with news, you're the top choice among those who want to see President Trump reelected. And that's a big crew. I mean, we're talking 60, 65 million people. So that's why you're doing well. You're going to continue to do well through the election and beyond. Um, and it's, it comes down to people trust you when they want to hear about Donald Trump. I am going to ask you when we get back. I do not agree with you that this is a slam dunk. And I, I'm going to tell election? you why. You know, you were very kind saying why you think my show's doing well. Thank you. I think one of the reasons is, Bill, we tell the truth. We were vindicated, especially on everything to do with FISA abuse, Hillary, dirty dossier, and, and more coming. What about the mob and the media? Now that they've built expectations and been wrong yet again in a massive way. It's chaos over there. And CBS News is a 
first time I've said this publicly, but I believe it to be true, is now moving to the right because they're losing so much audience and they don't have any shot in the morning and in the evening news anymore that they're actually being nice to Donald Trump now, trying to get in some of those viewers who don't hate him. So it's chaos on the uh, network news front. Morning news not what it used to be. And the two very liberal cable networks aren't growing at all. I take nothing for granted. I'm always expecting things to go wrong. 272 days for Republican to win president, the presidency, North Carolina, Florida, Ohio, pick off Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, maybe Minnesota, put in play Nevada, Arizona, New Hampshire. Not easy, Bill. I never take that for granted. No, the election's not going to be easy, particularly because President Trump might do something um, questionable. He's been known to do that. Uh, but you've got to know who the opponent is. And right now, there isn't one opponent that could beat him today. Would you agree? I agree. Okay. Um, if it's Joe Biden, and that was my prediction, Pennsylvania is going to be tough because African Americans will support Joe Biden. They will not support Mayor Bloomberg or Pete Buttigieg. So the Democratic Party's got a big problem. Who to run against a very a, a guy who is accumulating strength, and that's Donald Trump. These are amazing times we're living in, and the the sad thing is, I said journalism's dead, Bill. You know, imagine you know conservative talk show host that also does news and investigative reports. Hannity gets it right, and the entire mob got it wrong, Bill. That's sad. Well, you worked hard. I mean, there is ideology in your presentation. Everyone knows that. Well, on facts, though. I've known you vindicated on facts. I've known you for 24 years, and I've never seen you say anything you didn't believe. That is in stark contrast to much of the other media, which are being ordered to say things they don't believe. And I don't know anybody who's seeking the truth these days. There are very few people seeking the truth. BillOReilly.com, all things O'Reilly. Simple man, Bill O'Reilly, thank you. 800-941-SEAN. More news next. Here tonight is a special man, beloved by millions of Americans, who just received a stage 4 advanced cancer diagnosis. This is not good news, but what is good news is that he is the greatest fighter and winner that you will ever meet. Rush Limbaugh, thank you for your decades of tireless devotion to our country. And Rush, in recognition of all that you have done for our nation, the millions of people a day that you speak to and that you inspire, and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity. I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I will now ask the First Lady of the United States to present you with the honor, please. Wow, one of many incredible moments uh, last night, and um, 
I, 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 I mean, it was just an amazing night. I think I've watched a lot of states of the unions and I've talked to a lot of my friends. Best one I've ever seen. And uh, as we were talking about with Bill O'Reilly, I mean, the ratings were just astronomical. You know, you, the president honors the Tuskegee Airmen, uh, great grandson during the State of the Union. Pelosi doesn't even applaud as Trump announces a scholarship for a fourth grade student. Oh, no. Why, why would we stand for that? The surprise with the military family, the reuniting sergeant return from Afghanistan for the State of the Union. I, I think they're just in a state of shock. Um, and, you know, and then then the successes. It is it was it was delivered. It is breathtaking. And nobody in the mob ever talks about it. We do. I mean, that's it. But I'll say this. I mean, I know that um, all of us that give opinion on the radio, on television, you know, I always like to remember the great pioneers that paved the way. And, and, you know, if you're staring at a forest and there's no trees cut and there's no path and there's no way to do it. And then, you know, in the case of Rush, national syndication was really not something anybody ever thought would work. And I know they had Larry King on at night screaming at people. What's the question? But short of that, um, and it, it he started in 1988, and now there's, you know, it's the number one format in all of radio, talk radio. Now, not only did he save the AM band, now he's saving the FM band. And it is, uh, he, he cut down every tree, so those of us that come in behind him, it's been a lot easier for us. And it's the free and open exchange of, of ideas and opinions. It is the ultimate in America's town hall. And he took a lot of heat for it, a lot. And I think, you know, Rush by nature is pr- particularly shy. I mean, Mark Levin pointed that out the other day. It's, it's true. Enormously generous, like in ways you would never believe that I can't talk about because he wouldn't want me to talk about it. And I respect that. And he's in the fight now of his life and the great news, if there's any great news, is I believe in God. I believe in the power of healing. I believe in the the genius of our our scientists, uh, those that do cancer research every day, uh, the medical professionals. This is what they do. Uh, my friends, I have two friends that are brain surgeons. I don't know how I have all these friends that are doctors. It's amazing. And they both say the same thing. This is a very different world, immunotherapy and all these different ways that they 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 tackle cancer that didn't exist. You know, I know Rush has raised, you know, tens and tens and tens of millions and donated millions and millions of dollars himself. He has his leukemia thon every year. Uh, I know that when I lost when I was a young kid, my my cousin, he was a New York City police officer. His name was Billy Kerwin. And he died from Hodgkin's <clears throat> disease. It's almost 100% curable now. And all these childhood leukemias that we were losing children, they're being saved. And we watched Dick Cheney. He once said to me in an interview, I literally had my heart attack. And I, I literally was like one step ahead of the new technology that kept me alive all of these years. I remember interviewing him once when he had a machine that was being used to keep him alive, that he was portable, and until he was able to get a heart transplant. And once he thinks he's funny, pulls that beep, beep, beep. I'm like, can you please put that back in? Please, pretty please. So um, 
all of that is, you know, we're praying for him and we're pulling for him. And I can't think of anybody that deserves this honor that was bestowed on him than more than him. And, you know, liberals give a lot of, they give a lot of, they like to create the impression, oh, they care the most about minorities and women. Well, their policies it are destructive, literally destructive. They have not done a thing, uh, but every two and four years they call Republicans and conservatives racist and misogynist and every other name. And we could just look at their records in big cities that have been run for decades by Democrats. Well, you know, how do you have 13 public schools in Baltimore where not a single kid is proficient in reading or math? How, do, how does the violence in Chicago continue and nobody goes in to save that city and save our national treasure, our fellow citizens, our American family? I don't understand that either. And you look at Obama's record, Biden's record, and then, wow, what a turnaround in three years. President ending his speech with the best is yet to come. But for those that are pioneers and, you know, I've defended Bill Maher how many times on this program over the years? I've defended, I've never called for a boycott. I defended, remember they were about to fire Joy Reid. I don't agree with Joy Reid's opinions, but I didn't think she should be fired. I thought she should be given a second chance. I didn't call for Don Lemon's firing after the mocking that went on the other night of, of Trump supporters. I never do that. Because people, I can't make you listen to this radio program. I wish I could. Strap everybody down. Three hours a day. It's all we ask. And or watch TV. I've got to put on the best show we can put on every day. But there are people that have made it their mission to silence conservative voices. But they claim to be for free speech, just like they claim to be the champions of minorities and 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 women and everybody else. And and their policies don't work for anybody. It's amazing. So, you know, I got in trouble a lot as a kid. My parents, it wasn't turn the television off. And I did have a TV and I did watch a lot of sports when I was a kid. I love sports, sports and, and then politics. And I turn on my radio late at night and I hear my friend Barry Farber, God bless him, speaks 30 some odd languages. And I learned about communism and the former Soviet Union and Czechoslovakia, and Yugoslavia, and a place called Albania. And I remember, get a map. And one night I went out and got a globe or whatever I had. And I and my parents would come in, shut that off. I said, okay. They'd leave, hear my dad, go back in his room, put it back on a little lower this time. And I was, I just was, I, I just was fascinated by it. Never thought one day I'd have the ability to ever do this. And the fact that Rush forge that path for the rest of us. It's good for everybody to have freedom of speech, whether you agree or disagree. You know, it's funny. And here's hypocrisy, right? Don Imus was always a controversial figure. Always. His entire career. Same with Howard Stern. Controversial figure. Okay. Well, if we're going to say, well, Howard Stern said this, well, Hillary Clinton goes on Howard Stern's show. Uh, and all these politicians, they just don't like Russia's opinion. But we conservatives are not trying to shut them down. If you don't like it, turn the dial. I happen to like, I love listening to, to Imus and I like listening to Stern. Guilty as charged. I love their irreverence. I love the fact, you know, Stern can say anything he wants. And I'm like, man, I wish I had that freedom because I know I don't because of a double standard that exists. And by the way, it's not anything I really want to say. I say everything I want to say, but... I just know that there are people being paid to monitor every second, every minute, every hour of every show that I do in the hopes that they can 
financially boycott the show and, and get me off the air because they don't like my opinions. They don't do that to liberals. I mean, you know how many whacked out, crazy, insane conspiracy theories have been pushed by these liberal commentators on fake news, CNN and Area 51, Roswell, Rachel Maddow's conspiracy TV show and channel. I mean, it's I mean, it's nuts, but I don't know. I'm like, go ahead, say it. I don't like Bill Maher. Matter of fact, it, who were the people defending Bill Maher when he got fired by ABC? It was people like me and Rush defending him. Pretty amazing, right? And Bill Maher hates me and t- attacks me all the time. I just don't care. I w- I would. I want to live in that society where you can just beat the crap out of me. I don't. I just don't. Uh, th- whatever switch I'm supposed to have that cares is gone. I don't care. I care about my my country, my family, and my friends. That's it. And God. And you know I'm. And like, I'm like Bill O'Reilly. I'm a pretty simple man. <laughs> all right, let's get to our phones here. Uh, all right, I, I've said I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but Trenton, Utah, Rod Arquette land, Crown Burger land, how are you? Sean, thanks for taking my call. Thank you, sir. What's on your mind today? I, I have a funny idea. It probably is Mitt Romney, your senator. Oh, yeah, talk about a gut punch to uh, all of us out here in uh, Utah, eastern Utah, where I'm at right now. I mean, uh, a total gut punch. But... Uh, you know what? Uh, I think I think Utah. You know Utah well. You talk about Utah. I, I love Utah. I think I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I don't even feel. I I don't feel. It's not even anger that I feel towards Mitt Romney. I really don't. And I got to know him. I think you. I fought hard for him to win in 2012. I don't regret it. Unfortunately, people that lose the presidency, they all think they're going to win, Trent. And then when they lose, they can't believe it. And then you got Al Gore. John McCain, Hillary Clinton, and now Mitt Romney. You see what happens. There's something that they all think they're going to win, and it changes them forever. That's my take. I don't I don't feel real angry either. I feel a real disappointment. But you know what was crazy? And let me just make this you gotta speak in, you got to speak into the, the mic. I say, let me just make this point. You know, when they interviewed Romney and he said he was going to vote uh, against the president, or to impeach him, what did he say? He said he went and consulted with his family. Well, that's nine, That's fine and dandy, but how about consulting with the people in Utah who you represent? And, and furthermore, my last point is, he's voting not on the evidence, he's voting on the fact that you didn't bring in additional witnesses. You know, It's that, and he's, and remember, abuse of power, what does that mean? I found it interesting that he totally exonerates quid pro quo Joe and zero experience Hunter. Well, he used his power. Well, what's what is shaking down a country with a billion taxpayer dollars demanding a, a, a prosecutor in Ukraine get fired so his son can continue to make millions? Um, we've identified all the statutes here on this program. So I, I just I get it. He hates Donald Trump. And I guess I think what he hates even more is that he lost. I've watched this movie before. I've seen it many times. I've been out 31 years on radio and when I, since when I started and 24 years at Fox News. I am telling you, I, I, I see it all the time. You ask people, you know, politicians, they're running. Sean, I'll ask, how are the polls? We're down 10, but it's, I'm telling you, the crowds are huge. We, it's, these polls are totally wrong. Occasionally, that's true. In most instances, I'm looking at them and I'm watching in my own observations and years of of doing this and i'm like they're, they're living in denial they're never going to win it's a plus 10 democratic district and um it's you know it's listen I, I i understand people put their heart and soul into something it doesn't work out the way they want it's painful all right let me get one more quick call in while we have time uh mj florida mj how are you 
Hey, Semper Fi, Sean. How you doing? Hey, Semper Fidelis. Uh, Maureen, how are you? All right, doing great. So you just mentioned statutes, so I know that was a lot of stuff you and Greg Jarrett and stuff were doing. Let's talk about the seriousness of Nancy Pelosi destroying government documents. That was a record that she destroyed, and all we got to do is under uh, 18 U.S. Code 2071, she mutilated that document, and uh, she needs to be removed from office, or at least fined. I look, I, I, you know what? To me, it's everything. It was the perfect culmination of where we ended up today, and that is with an acquitted president and a petty Democratic Party that has done nothing but rage out of control, and the temper tantrum is encapsulated in what we saw at the end of the State of the Union last night. They have done nothing what Trump, for our... What if Trump would have tore the articles impeachment? He, he would have been impeached for that again. <laughs> I, look, I'm, tell, I'm telling everybody, if he, no, I'm not exaggerating. This is not hyperbole. If he cures cancer, they're go, well, they'll impeach him for curing cancer. Um, good call. Semper Fi, MJ. Glad you called. Glad you're out there. What a day this has been. What a comparison from last night. Success. Uh, American greatness, American exceptionalism, celebrating the American success story. The dream is back. Senator Mitch McConnell, Congressman Kevin McCarthy, Trey Gowdy, Alan Dershowitz, Louis Gohmert, Kim Strassel, Alice Marie Johnson tonight, my favorite, most inspirational figure in the world, Larry Elder, and much more. Uh, 9 Eastern, set your DVR, Hannity on the Fox News channel. I'm not sick of winning. 272 days, and you are the ultimate jury. See you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow. Thank you for being with us.